All right. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. We've got two fantastic guests joining us today. Um, if you are watching this live, please feel free to comment or share uh, or, um, you know, like, hit the like button. Um, we appreciate any of the uh, interactions that you provide to us if you like what you're hearing. Now, if you are interested in finding past uh, podcasts, you can definitely find those on our website, the eastsiderealestateteam.com. You can also find us on YouTube and um, in any place where podcasts are podcasted. So it is today is Wednesday, April 21st. This is the Seattle Eastside Real Estate Podcast, and this is dedicated to living, working, learning, um, being a part of the community on the east side of Lake Washington. For those of you that are watching this from out of the area, we have this beautiful city of Seattle and a beautiful lake right in the middle. And then to the east is Bellevue, Redmond, Kirkland, Issaquah, Sammamish, headquarters to places like Costco, Microsoft. Uh, there are um, offices for Amazon and more here on the east side. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about the east side. Um, today, we're going to be talking to a couple of great individuals, Doug Peterson, uh, one of our regular guests from Get Priority Straight, and Tom Ray from CMG Financial. But before we get to our guests, let's start with that real talk. Now, vaccines are quickly getting distributed. Hey, I'm excited. I just got my first appointment for this Sunday to get my first dose of the vaccine. And what we're seeing is that a lot of folks, a lot of families are looking to make up for the vacations that they missed last year, right? So people wanting to get out, uh, see some places. I really anticipate this year in the Northwest being a ghost town in August because people are really gearing up. By that time, they should be uh, a majority of people vaccinated and hopefully this stupid virus truly on the uh, receding, on the receding side uh, going away. Um, according to the National Association of Home Builders, it's, it looks like some people are not just looking to, to rent a place, but actually looking to buy a second home. As a matter of fact, 15% of the uh, single family home sales are second homes. Now, it's not surprising that with that increased demand for vacation homes, the majority of Americans are realizing that they prefer to be around small groups. And in a recent Harris poll, it shows that social distancing now, this is interesting, and this might say a little bit about myself, but I don't mind going to sporting events and, and stuff like that. But if you ask me to hang out with a room full of 20 people or a room of six, I think I would prefer a room of six, right? You get a little bit better conversation. You get to go a little deeper versus working a big room. So social distancing is now basically ingrained in our society. As a matter of fact, 75% said uh, that during COVID, that um, people prefer smaller groups. So, hey, people are like me, 75%. So not only are vaccination homes, uh, excuse me, vaccination is on my brain. Not only are vacation homes seen as potentially more pandemic friendly way to travel and socialize, but they can also serve as an extended home away from home. And uh, I gotta say that um, I was this last weekend over in Lake Chelan. So if, you, um, if, if you're out of the area, we have this beautiful mountain range called the Cascade Mountain Range. And uh, in the Cascade Mountain Range, you have mountains like Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood. You have the North Cascades. Um, the uh, pass is here about 6,500 feet, but the peaks go up to seven, eight, nine, and 14,000 feet. So you go over that pass. And on the other side is kind of a high Sierra desert-ish. 
I, th I don't think that's the right term for it. Somebody can correct me uh, specifically, but the geography kind of slopes out. And in the wintertime, it's really cold. And in the summertime, it's really hot. Um, as you go a little further east past Ellensburg, you run into the, the mighty Columbia River. The mighty Columbia River kind of spans uh, all the way up from northern BC, the northern Rockies, and it flows down in through uh, Washington. I believe um, the Grand Coulee Dam. I could be wrong. Um, I've looked at it a couple of times. Quite a few dams, though. Don't get me wrong. It goes through quite a few dams for power here in the northwest. Um, but just to the west of the Columbia River in about the kind of the central northwestern part before you get to the Cascades is a higher uh, alpine lake and it's uh, called Lake Chelan. And in this area, it's what I would almost say, I would call it like a mini um, mini Lake Tahoe. I mean, Lake Tahoe is saying a lot because Tahoe is gigantic. This one is definitely mini, but it's that Alpine Lake area. And you've got a ring of property around it to the south and uh, the south, the east and the north. And it's kind of an elongated lake. And then um, <clears throat> you've got cities like um, Munson, great communities and a lot of properties that have views of the mountain and the lake. So I was over there enjoying that. And I think a lot of people are finding that because their work provides them to work from remote, I mean, why wouldn't you wanna sit there um, for a fraction of what it costs in the Seattle area, live on or near a lake there with high-speed internet access. And then when you're done, you're not commuting, you're hopping on your mountain bike and going for a ride. So I think a lot of people are finding that that arrangement makes it possible, maybe not even for a second house, but for their primary residents to be in those more rural areas or looking for, you know, finding locations that suit them. So the bottom line is uh, remote work is allowing for Americans to have alternate locations, not just small suburban shifts, but um, some pretty fundamental second home alternatives. And those markets are definitely benefiting from, from the acceleration of some folks cashing in their stocks or cashing in their retirement plans or any of their market gains. Um, the, the demand for vacation home has not only increased, it will continue to rise as we head into the summer. So if you know of anybody that is interested, we have great connections with people um, all across the United States. If you like, um, uh, if you're considering a second home in say Whitefish, Montana, I've got a great agent we work with there. If you're thinking about Boulder, Colorado, I can connect you. Uh, if you're thinking about the Chelan area, I had a great conversation with an agent over there. So let's connect. Tell me where you want to be and I can help you find somebody who can help you get in. So that's an interesting twist on Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Real Talk. Um, I hope you found it informative. All right. So now we've got some great, interesting topics in this next upcoming segment. If you do want to check out any of our other segments, you can go to our website and go to the eastsiderealestateteam.com slash blog. If you want to talk to us directly, give us a call at 425-200-4093. We appreciate you listening. So first up, we're going to be speaking with Tom Ray from CMG Financial. We're going to discuss a smarter way to borrow. But first, we've got a quick commercial break. Now, are you looking to adopt a foster dog? The Northwest Canine Coalition is a nonprofit corporation promoting the adoption of dogs into loving homes by producing media segments highlighting small Northwest-based shelters, rescues, and fosters. They also collaborate with canine professionals such as certified dog trainers, behaviorists, 
veterinarians in the Northwest to help canines, pups, overcome their individual challenges so that they are adoption ready and so that the adoption is successful from the first paw forward. Northwest Canine Coalition is a catalyst that connects families in need of a canine companionship with dogs in need of loving families. If you would like to learn more, visit Northwest. Uh, it is the website is nwkninecoalition.org. That's nwkninecoalition.org. And tune in to our podcast on the first Monday of every month for our Paw of the Month segment. All right. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Tom Ray, Retail Branch Manager and Senior Loan Officer for CMG Financials. And he's going to discuss with us a better option for borrowers than a traditional mortgage. Now, Tom has been working in the mortgage industry in various roles for the last 30 years. He's been a part of the CMG team for the last 20, helping families purchase and refinance their home in the Puget Sound region. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Awesome. So, Tom, why don't you tell me a little bit, who is CMG Financial? CMG Financial is a privately owned national mortgage lender founded by our CEO and president, Christopher George, about 28 years ago. We have approximately 2,300 employees nationwide. We have three different divisions, retail correspondent and wholesale division. We are known for all of our, what we would call vanilla products, all the products that many people um, use, the traditional 30-year loans and FHA and VA. We are also known for some unique products. One of the products which I'm gonna talk about today is the all-in-one loan. Another product that we have is called Home Funded, which is the first crowdsourcing down payment uh, program available to consumers in the country. Okay. Um, we are in the top 15 uh, of lenders nationally and number one in the United States as a privately owned mortgage company. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty amazing uh, resume. So tell me, what is this all in one loan? The all-in-one loan is a first lien position, 30-year draw, home equity line of credit with an integrated checking account. This concept has been available outside the United States for three to four decades. We were the first company to bring it into the United States back in 2005, and we have been offering it to consumers ever since. Okay, so now how does this type of loan help homeowners or even some home buyers? So first thing I want to cover is uh, there is a little bit of a misconception with traditional mortgages. People think that just because you have a low rate, you expect to pay low interest. That's not true necessarily. Typically, mortgage loans are front-loaded with interest. Generally, the amount of interest they charge over time is equal to about 50% of the principal balance that they borrow. Um, the interest expense, despite the low interest rate, is still being charged. Uh, mortgages are not cheap. The all-in-one loan was designed to lower the cost without depending on interest rates, but rather changing how, how their money is used on a daily basis. Consider the fact that most Americans will earn 
more money in five to 10 years of their employment than they owe on their mortgage. What makes merging checking account with a mortgage so practical is because it uses that money to lower their daily balance automatically. In fact, all deposits are applied towards loan principal, which makes this the only principal first mortgage available in America today. This provides an immediate benefit because mortgage interest is computed nightly on outstanding balance versus a predetermined amount or an amortization schedule like with a standard loan. Monthly, annual, and total interest expense is then reduced and the payoff of that mortgage is accelerated. In most cases, this happens without a change to budget or lifestyle. Meanwhile, deposited funds, uh, as well as equity in the home, remain available for regular spending 24-7 for 30 years without refinancing their loan. That seems pretty groundbreaking. Now, there's now I'm going a little off script here, but what's the catch? <laughs> You know, it, it, in as long as we have been offering this program, Dan, that is usually the first question that many consumers ask. <laughs> and, and, you know, what people don't take into consideration is um, mortgage loans always um, are front-loaded. So banks collect most of the interest that you're going to pay over time, usually in the first five to seven years. So when you start a mortgage and you make the payment, about a buck 25 goes towards principal, the rest goes towards interest. So the concept just purely of when I make a payment on my mortgage, I pay interest first and then principal. And as I move through that mortgage and I reach somewhere around 12 to maybe 20 years, I reach a 50-50 standpoint where 50% of my payment goes towards interest, 50% towards principal, and then in the latter years, more principal than interest. The concept with the all-in-one is when I deposit funds into the account, they are applied principal first, has a significant impact on how I move the total amount of debt that I have. So it is a much better way for consumers to manage that mortgage. So, you know, realistically, if I have this checking account and it's tied to my direct deposit from my employer, the morning that direct deposit check goes into that account, and let's say it's $5,000 on a $100,000 loan, my balance is instantly $95,000 and the interest going forward is going to be based off that lower balance. So it is totally a different concept when we consider the, int the interest and the principal being flipped. Okay. So can't you do the same thing with your current mortgage? You know, there are a lot of consumers that attempt to do the same thing. So a lot of consumers will start out saying they're going to pay additional principal and go down that path. The first time the car breaks down, the kids go to the hospital, whatever the case may be, the general trend is to stop them. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea behind um, doing it is most people don't have 
the discipline to maintain that for a long period of time. Um, in addition, once I prepay that mortgage, those funds are tied up in my home. The only way that I can get back at those funds or the equity in my home is to come visit a mortgage loan officer and go through a refinance process and start the whole thing over again. And pay money, and now you're paying more interest to the bank. Exactly. Now, there have been certain programs that have come out over the years that really attempt to do what the all-in-one does. Um, what they're doing is they're selling you a software program, telling you to go to your local bank like BECU and open a home equity traditional, home equity line of credit, second position. And through utilizing this software, you can advance principal on your primary. But again, those funds are locked in the primary. You can't get back at them. It's an archaic system. It's time consuming versus something like the all-in-one that's a set it and forget it. And it does everything automatically. You know, the, the one of the huge features about this type of financing or this type of tool is the flexibility that it allows the consumer to have to determine how fast or how slow they choose to pay down the balance on their mortgage. What we know um, typically from consumers that have been using this product is doing nothing different than they do today other than changing who is holding their mortgage, utilizing the all-in-one. They will typically pay down or pay off their home in about half the time of a traditional mortgage. So, you know, most people would like to own their home in 15 years or 14 years or 10 years. You are in the driver's seat. You are the bank of you. So you control how fast or how slow. So with this, with this all-in-one, it's a combination mortgage and checking account. What are those features that come with the all-in-one? So the, the all-in-one is a first position line of credit. We have partners that provide the banking side. So the banking side, the checking account, has all the same features that you would have in your existing banking relationship. So ATM, debit, point of sale, checks, online bill pay, mobile banking, um, QuickBooks integration. So it does all the very same things. The only difference is when funds go into that checking account, they're instantly being swept into the line of credit and dropping the balance. When I need funds, funds are pulled from the line of credit and out through the checking account for whatever I need it for. Okay, so I have an interesting question. If I have a personal uh, uh, business, a personal checking account and a business checking account, can I link both of those? Um, so ideally what's going to happen is the um, checking account is sponsored by one of our two partners, uh, major, uh, major Midwest banks. So you wouldn't be able to take your existing Chase account or your existing BECU and link it to the line of credit. You would have an independent checking account that specifically is for that line of credit. Now, now we see many people, as far as business accounts go, who, um, for example, have seasonal funds. So pool and spa company makes a majority of their money in the summer, but in the winter, they generally, their business slows down. 
So they tend to carry a significant balance in that business bank account for the slow months. Now, there's nothing that we have found that prevents them from moving those funds from their business account into this all-in-one account, as long as when they need to spend those funds, they're going back into the business account and out to the vendor. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. That's really it. Talk about saving on interest rate. That's pretty cool. So um, I know uh, we've got two more questions and then we're going to have to, uh, there's, I know there's a lot we can talk about, but uh, in the interest of time, how's, how competitive is this interest rate? So the interest rate is very competitive, but most importantly, your interest cost is lower over term. You have to ask yourself, what's more important to you? The interest rate that came on your loan or the amount of interest you pay on your loan. So for the all-in-one loan customer, the real money expense matters most. Effectively speaking, it's like getting a 30-year fixed interest rate at 2% for the right customer. So it's very competitive. Wow. Okay. So now, uh, what, who is the right customer because it, it feels like when you have a uh, when you have a, a checkbook on your mortgage a lot of people can get into trouble with that sure the profile varies depending on consumers income and spending habits you know when we're looking at consumers for potentially doing this loan and we find that they're heavy revolving credit users they might not be the right person for something like this so maybe we will counsel them that if they go and take care of these items and get less debt, we might be able to come back and do it again. Generally, what we look at is what are their spending habits? What are their saving habits? Do they have funds sitting in a bank account somewhere? Do they have money market? Do they have multiple accounts? Generally, we look for somebody that has a saving rate of somewhere around 10% to 15% of their net income every month. Hmm. So we take extra lengths to make sure that we uh, model the all-in-one for their specific scenario. Um, it's a lot longer sales cycle because what we're concerned with is we don't wanna put somebody into the loan that it doesn't work for them in the long run. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes good sense. So a little different qualifiers than a normal mortgage is you're looking at uh, a health, somebody healthy financially, which our next guest is going to be perfect uh, for that. And as a matter of fact, the two of you need to uh, meet up um, at a separate time. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Tom, do you have any, uh, how, do, how do folks get a hold of you? So uh, they can reach me uh, at teamreamortgage.com or my phone number 206-484-1760. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Ria and CMG Financial, visit teamriamortgage.com or give them a call at 206-484-1760. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All much. right. We got to pay the bills. So we've got another commercial break here for you. So Fingerprint Marketing, who, if you watched our show last week, creates a, a uh, creates and spreads an online presence for small businesses so they stand out and they are the choice, not just another choice in this highly competitive world, the choice. They design and maintain websites, digital marketing, and much more that competitors will want when they grow up. 
So if you know somebody who needs a little extra edge in their marketing, send them to fingerprintmarketing.com to learn more. Okay, we are back with Mr. Doug Peterson. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I am doing great. Good to see you again. Good to be seen. Okay, so I want to hear from you. We're, we're going to talk about the paycheck optional lifestyle. So you guys all know Doug, 20 years experience, lots of great accolades. He founded Get Priorities Straight in 2018 to provide a program to help individuals maximize their personal income and improve their ability to invest. He founded and ran eight businesses in his career and has perfected a system that works regardless of industry, marital status, or income. He's working with Amazon managers, attorneys, technology professionals, and I believe even dog trainers. I don't know. I just made that up. So yeah. uh, Doug, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I am doing great. Ready so to what go is to this Chelan. What's that? Ready to go to Chelan. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it was, it was really nice. A good friend of mine lent me his vacation property. That was cool. Nice. So, so speaking of relaxing in a vacation property, what is this paycheck optional lifestyle? You know, as you know, I'm not a wealth manager, so I'm not helping people invest and build wealth. But at some point, we'd like to not have to work for money. And so I really want to have people start to think about if you were to work backwards from having enough income, passive income where you didn't have to work, or you could work doing whatever you want, because I don't think retirement is the right answer. It's doing things you love to do with people you love to do it with. Maybe it's a volunteering, maybe it's a contribution, maybe just a passion you have that we want to get to a point where we can not have to work for money. All right. That's paycheck optional lifestyle is to, what, to work, not have to work for money. You want me to sign you up for that? Did I, was that yeah, a too I'm long in. of an answer? I should have just no, said, I'm, I'm oh, in so you don't have to work, you don't have to work for money. That's, that's what it is. Okay. So when's the best time to start planning this? Should we wait a few years to start planning this? Stephen Covey said, if you're going to save the world, clean the garage first. Yeah. So the idea is get yourself organized. And when you want to buy a house, invest in some property, you go, I better put it together. When you want to get a mortgage from Tom, you go, I better make sure my credit's good and I got the cash and I got the savings. Well, why do we wait for that? Hmm. Why don't we just actually start being proactive now and get a lot more out of our money so that when we, we, we start building for it now? And it's just funny how many people just wait, right? They wait like until for- they go, you know, I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, right. I th- that is interesting. And it's kind of, you know, it's human nature to delay. Um, I'm not saying gratification, that's the exact opposite, but pain, right? And sometimes somehow they they uh, getting things in order is a is a challenge. Um, so how how do you help people with all those competing priorities, you know, basic living expenses, buying a home, kids, college, uh, investing, travel, family, health, friends, giving all that kind of stuff. Um, how, how, you know, I mean, I, myself, I, I, I like, I like to travel, right? So how do you help with balancing those priorities to get to the, the things that are most important from a financial standpoint? You know, I think in many ways you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. Mm. The word priority was originally singular. It meant you had a priority, the thing that you need to do next. And now we've made it uh, plural. That happened about 300 years ago. 
uh, where there's all these competing priorities. So at this stage of your life you're in, you need to think about what's important. You know, if you really want a family and you really want to uh, have your a, a home, you're going to have to focus on that more than trying to do everything. Hmm. But while I work with people and help them manage their cash flow and really align it with what's really important to them and building an emergency fund, I also teach them to travel hack so they can get free airline miles. I've got 1,200,000 airline miles just from my cash flow. So there's ways to maximize and lower your costs and still save for that investment property or still be able to qualify for that mortgage. So, and you know, Tom, that's a, that's just a great idea because essentially just sitting on your cash, if you're at 3% uh, interest rate, you're making 3%, right? Yeah. Yeah. So who's getting 3% in their bank right now? It said it's nobody. Pretty, it, it said nobody. Yeah. That's the, that, that's why I brought Tom on. Cause I was like, I know you guys are going to get together and, and probably help change a lot of people's finances for the better and the concepts there. So I think where most people stop is the overwhelm shot, right? So we talked about all those things that were priorities, you know, and I totally have heard that before that, you know, it used to be, you, you had to pick one. Um, so if you were to boil it down to a first step, what should it be? It's going to sound a little boring, but you need to know where your money's going. You can't decide to be more effective or efficient if you don't have any information. And when people find out where their money's going, often they go, well, I don't want to spend that much there. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I've had people realize their dog has been costing them $600 a month. A 30-year-old couple spending $2,400 on food and takeout. It's pretty easy to find $500 or $1,000 when you're spending those kinds of dollars on food and takeout. So tell me, we've had you on this show uh, a couple of times talking about this, uh, finding out where your money goes. How long does that take? Well, in our program, in the first week, we basically, excuse me, first two weeks, we go back a month and start looking at where everything went, build a intentional spending plan. Nobody wants a budget, so we renamed it. <laughs> digital spending plan. So now you're intentionally deciding where your money goes before you spend it based on actual spending. But it takes a few months to start really learning what it where your money goes. And I think where you and Tom could actually work really well together is you go like this, you go, okay, we know where the money goes. We know uh, that most people spend money like this. They go, okay, I've got $4,000 in the bank. I'm going to just make sure when we get close to $500 left, we need to slow down our spending, right? That's, that's probably where most people go, well, let's see, do we have enough for that? Nope, we don't. Let's wait until our next paycheck, right? Whereas on the, on the, on the, the challenges with Tom's loan, it's like, man, I could, I, I don't see an end in this balance. I'm just going to keep writing checks. But where you come in is, is you say, Hey, okay, we've now determined that this is your lifestyle. This is what you live off of. Here's the money. Here's where it goes. Here are the buckets that they go to. Now you can easily time that and set things up and say, Oh, well, maybe like you said, we don't need to do takeout, you know, seven days a week, right? Maybe we could actually pare that down. And, um, and, and, and see where it goes. But um, okay, so it, it sounds like you got about a week to two weeks worth of time to get things kind of the first step done, right? Well, that gets it set up. And then yeah. when I work with people, it's over 10 weeks. But what really the, the where trip, everybody gets tripped up is they don't think about the money they've already committed. Dan, both you and Tom have committed to car repairs. Yeah. When is that going to hit? You don't know. But I'll tell you, after tracking stuff for the last 25 years, 
a car that is not a really high-end car, like a BMW or a, you know, just higher-end cars that are a little more expensive to maintain, they cost 150 bucks a month, plus insurance, plus license tabs. And if you look at a five-year period, you're probably going to spend about 150 a month with tires, brakes, whatever happens. Yep. So you need to be saving for those infrequent expenses every month so that when they hit, you're not surprised. And insurance, Christmas, vacations, there's a lot of things that you've already committed to. Mm. And so you're looking at your bank balance. We got down to 500, but you've got a $1,200 bill coming up. So it's not, let's not do bank balance budgeting. Let's actually right. know what, what, how much we have that's not committed. Okay. So what stops people from getting started? They don't know where to start and it feels overwhelming. It's just, it seems like a lot to do without a high return. I'm going to wake up Saturday morning and I'm going to start cleaning up my finances. I'm going to know where all my money is. I'm going to figure out all my infrequent expenses and average them. It's just not a fun, sexy idea until people start seeing the results and start seeing that they can restructure finances and save a lot of interest and have more of what they want. And I've had people at 150,000 in income save 20, 15%, $22,500 and it didn't affect their lifestyle. At all, yeah. 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 Because they paid that first, they knew all their other things going, yeah. So um, what? once people get started and they're moving right along, um, how do you keep at it, right? Because it isn't, it isn't sexy, right? So. I mean, maybe. Well, it is. well, the starting out isn't, but it's like anything, any new habit. Oh, it's very sexy. <laughs> I mean, just saying. But if it's like any new habit, it's more difficult when you start. It takes more energy to get a flywheel going, more energy to get up to speed than maintain the speed. But people have that awkward success and failure when they start something new. And they don't realize that that's the process. Now, when I work with people, we, we've lower that learning curve. So it's, it's already built for them. We just teach them how to do it. But if you go through and it's enough hassle and things don't balance and you can't figure it out, you're going to quit. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like that old thing of the path has got to be lower because the elephant won't go up the steep hill. The rider can see over the hill. So you got to make the path easier. Mm. So the elephant will go. The elephant's pretty strong, but it's lazy. Just like mm -hmm. most of us when we're looking at change, any good change. Now, I dare you to tell an elephant to his face he's lazy. How dare you? Okay. Okay. You watch this Saturday. I got one coming over. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of these people like I, I, I want to get straight there. So how, how can somebody get to that paycheck optional lifestyle quicker? Pay attention to where your money's going. Decide what you're going to do before you spend the money. We're very much emotional creatures. I mean, how many people have bought a nice shiny car or a nice shiny anything that they weren't planning on buying? We've all done it. But when you know what's really important to you and you say, do I really want that? Or do I want that trip? My wife and I are celebrating 40 year anniversary next year. Oh. And we're gonna go to France and uh, Italy and spend like four weeks. It's gonna be really fun. But I found this really cool Lexus for 19,000 bucks. It was mint, 70,000 miles, always garaged. It was tempting. But because I had other things in mind, I knew what was more important to me. It was easier, easier to say, no, I still kind of wanted it. It was really nice. <laughs> right. Better um, don't buy the car and don't get a divorce. It would be more expensive. <laughs> exactly. You're so smart. <laughs> hey, nobody, hey where'd the peanut gallery come from? Hey, hold on. <laughs> exactly right, Erica. 
Okay. All right. So we've got time for a last bit of question. Um, what if you feel like things will never happen? Like it just, you're not going to see this paycheck optional lifestyle. You're going to be working till you're 89, 95, something like that. Wouldn't you rather need less money than not be, not having to work? If, 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 I love the quote by Barbara Scher that she says, it's only too late if you don't start now. Hmm. So you can definitely make it better. But if you're really into being a victim, I'd say, you know, keep doing what you're doing and just, you know, whine and cry and that right. sort of thing. Was that too harsh? No, no, that's not too harsh. I think, okay. you know, around here we speak the truth and the truth is, uh, is, uh, is designed to sometimes it can hurt. Uh, but generally speaking, it, it always needs to be heard. Uh, you, know, Jordan, you, you have to take responsibility for your business and creating your podcast and serving your clients. I mean, you create that. So it's yes. just being responsible for what's important to you. Yep, absolutely. Doug, thank you uh, for joining us. Thanks for your insights. If you would like to hear more of uh, Mr. Peterson and how he can help, you can visit him at getpriorityesstraight.com or at his phone number, which is? 206-264-4424. And if it's easier, you can set an appointment with schedulewithdoug.com. Schedulewithdoug.com. Awesome. Thank you, Doug. Thanks. All right. After this short commercial break, um, I got to tell you, speaking of goals and fitness, oh, I wasn't talking about fitness, but we were talking about financial fitness. I have to tell you that it's uh, been a, my pleasure to be a part of CrossFit Issaquah for the last three years. Now, if you're looking for a safe, exciting, effective program that yields progress year-round, um, CrossFit Issaquah is for you. What separates us, uh, CrossFit Issaquah, from the other gym is, quite frankly, uh, there's just cool people there. No, I know that. There's cool people at every gym, but also, too, the programming there is fantastic. They do a great job of understanding the diverse members that they have and teach them how to focus on just getting a little bit better each day. Um, we all, they also have, we, I say, we, they also have nutrition coaching, um, and they will do one-on-one -on -one coaching strength. Um, so one of the great things about CrossFit Issaquah, I will say is the people. So if you're looking for a people centric approach to getting fit, don't be intimidated by the CrossFit, um, logo. Quite frankly, we have all kinds of body shapes and sizes and fitness levels and ages. Look, if this old guy can get there at uh, you know five in the morning, then so can you. So if you're looking to get in, in shape, uh, just Google CrossFit Issaquah. You will find the one and only CrossFit Issaquah. The cool thing too is it's right next to Formula Brewing. So if you want to work out and then go grab a beer afterwards, probably not the best idea, but it is right next door. So anyways, all right, next it's up. A good idea. What, I mean, it seems like a good idea until you do it and then you feel like crap and it's not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> okay, lastly, we have Erica Mears to our Stump the Broker segment. Now, Erica, are you, are you unmuted? You muted me. I did mute you, yes, because it wasn't your time yet. So I have to kind of put you on the side because that's Doug's time, but I love you. I love your comments. Oh, I learned a lot with Doug. Now, before, to, hold on, before I you- I think better before going to buy my next shine shoes. <laughs> now, before you get started, I have to uh, just promote this fantastic listing. So hold on one second, because we, uh, we just today launched 
uh, this fantastic listing in um, in Bothell. So take a look at this guy. So this is a, a nice little three bedroom, two and a half bath built in 2011. And it's, uh, here's a, just a couple of pictures. I won't go through all of them, but if you go to justlistedinbothell.com, this is being offered for $7.75. Um, if you go to justlistedinbothell.com, you can uh, do the full video tour and you can do a 3D walking tour. So you can kind of step into the home and get a feel for it. It's got a, um, you know, open concept, nice cozy uh, fireplace and the backyard's fantastic too. It's not, it's one of the largest backyards in the area and there's uh yeah, there'll be an open houses this weekend. Erica will be there. So if you want to, if you want to see that lovely house in person, it's being offered for seven seventy five. So yeah. Great listing, Erica. Thank you. All right. So what's your question for stumping uh, the broker? So let me read here. Hi, Dan and Erica. How many homes should we see before we make an offer? Oh, that is a client a who just started the process. Yeah. So how many homes? Well, according, so this may surprise you. Okay. I, since we have our guests still on, I want to know what is the average amount of homes that an average home buyer sees before writing an offer? I'll start with Doug. Doug? I would guess 10. Okay. Thomas? Seven. Seven. Okay. According to the National Association of Realtors, it's 12. So the winner goes to Doug. Bing, our panelists. Now, that being said, um, when, I, when I started in this business, we showed a lot more homes. And the reason for that is we actually didn't have all the features of the internet uh, that we had. Now, I'm not that old, but to be honest with you, a lot of stuff really came to life in 2007 and 8, where we started having these websites with details, school districts, all that kind of stuff. So we have a lot more information now that kind of pairs it down. And people are able to eliminate a lot of homes using Google um, Google Maps over the top. Um, and I, what I try to share with buyers is, according to the National Association, it should be about 12 homes before you write an offer, right? However, don't be afraid that if that first home you walk in is the one, right? We hate to scare people out of their home because they walked in a home, it felt great, but it was the first home they saw. So it's a, it's a kind of a loaded question because what I would say is, you know, Learn, learn the market. And we have a fantastic agent in Erica who knows the areas really well and can provide you with, um, you know, details about school districts and parks and uh, freeways and commute times and, and um, how to get out to hiking places and stuff like that. Those types of things are great to know but you're gonna have in this market a very limited opportunity. You may not see more than five homes before you write your first offer because there may only be five homes this year that match your criteria. So, um, so that's a challenge, but it's a really good question, but you didn't stump me. Do you have anything else that can stump me? Uh, honestly, no, that is just an experience with our buyers. So I like to share, uh, of course, our daily work with our clients. Yeah. But you know, in this market has been so challenging before I do my homework before showing a home. So I had clients that I showed two homes and they bought one. <laughs> I always showed only two. There you go, 50% success rate. Yes, but in this market, I show them a home, they love it. They were, they make an offer and you know, because of this crazy market, it's been hard. So 
But Erica, this wouldn't you agree? This market has been showing, yeah, 12, 15. No, but wouldn't you agree one. that in this market, most of the buyers that you would, before you showed them a home have seen a lot online and in some cases seen some in open houses? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Usually they select from what I send to them. Yeah, but they're looking at stuff online first and eliminating Yeah, they, they do too, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for the conversation. Appreciate it, Erica. I appreciate you and congratulations on your listing. I look forward to Thank getting uh, multiple offers on that property for your client. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to uh, be a guest on our show, please send us a message. We'd love to feature and spotlight their local business. And if you're trying to decide if now is the right time to buy, sell, or invest, let's connect. Let's talk about your options. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate everybody here. Um, yeah, have a wonderful week.